Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to Brazuca Sounds. This is the podcast number 36. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the Brazilian Orishas and their influences in the Brazilian music, uh, the African culture, of course, the two main African religions in Brazil, the Candomblé, with its roots uh, deep in Africa, and also the religion called Umbanda, this one 100% Brazilian, founded in the 1930s and 40s, more or less, also comes from Africa, but it's disguised in Christianity as well, mostly to avoid racism. And the music genres of all these artists taking these influences from the religions various a lot, mostly samba, funk, soul, samba rock artists. It is the case of this first artist that I'm going to show you here today. We're going to start more like a tribute already. Uh, he passed away very recently in June. His name is Paulo Diniz. goddess of the sea in Brazilian culture. It is one of the most revered figures in Brazil. Actually, she's the primary subject of dozens and dozens of songs, almost ever performed by female artists. Not the case here. This is Paulo Diniz, who had a big success in Brazil in the 1970s, following two astronomical hits back then. I want to go back to Bahia and also the song Pingos de Amor. Paulo Diniz kind of became famous and disappeared almost at the same speed at the time. And as I said earlier, he recently passed away at the age of 82. And this is a song from later in his career. It's from 1977, after his astronomical success, uh, from the album Estradas. Very cool record if you like Brazilian music. It is very wide in generous samba, samba rock, a little bit of a funk and soul. Obviously, this song, it is harder to describe in terms of music genre. It's like a more folklore vibe, coco and maracatu, with this theme of nature, right? The sea, the spirituality, the devotion, a trademark for these songs. Uh, with African culture influences uh, and about the Orishas was this accompanying female backing vocals in the chorus. You're gonna notice that almost every single song on this show here has this uh, trademark, couldn't even be a podcast about backing vocals, uh, actually. <laughs> Bye. 
movie really has also that vibe as if it was made for like a capoeira circle, right? With a singer uh, in the middle and like a round of people circling him and clapping and doing the backing vocals and playing the instruments. That's more or less how we fuse to listen to these songs. And this is just where we start this podcast today. Every single song here is going to be more or less about a different Orisha and this particular trademark of clapping and backing vocals is also very noticeable in this next uh, song here performed by another singer, uh, Raimundo José. Não mexe comigo que eu ponho o seu nome lá no meu terreiro Eu sou macumbeiro lerê, eu sou macumbeiro lerê So this was a one-hit wonder in the year 1978, the song Santo Forte, performed by Raimundo José. It was released as a single and sold around 500,000 copies at a time. Uh, Raimundo's career never really took off. He recorded many, many singles. He was very active uh, performing in TV shows. Uh, similar to Top of the Pops in England, uh, but that's it, right? He really never recorded many LPs, and this particular song is not even about a particular entity or a scent, but a sorcerer, uh, to speak, right? A macumbeiro, somebody you see in difficult moments, right? That makes you follow a ritual or pray to change things. And as you can imagine, the Afro-religions are very discriminated against in Brazil, mostly because of racism, even more so in the 1970s, right? Dictatorship was very white Christian-centric in Brazil back in the day, it still is, with the current president. Uh, the song, it is more or less Raimundo José trying to demystify the idea that Macumba is something bad, that all this power could be used uh, mostly for the good, actually. Although, in some point of the song, he sings something like, Don't do dirty on me, otherwise I will put a spell on you. So, not exactly for the good, also so many times. But anyway, Santo Forte, this song, even became the name of a huge party in Sao Paulo celebrating Brazilian music of the 1970s and 80s. And it's a great tune overall, very simple, straightforward samba, which is very different from our next song here. One more time performed by a singer, and his name is Jorge Mautner. Do jeito que o mundo anda, ele precisa de fé. Ouve o grito da Umbanda e também do candomblé. Do jeito que o mundo anda, ele precisa de fé. Ouve o grito da Umbanda. 
mind. So here is George Maltner referencing two of these religions that I said in the beginning of the podcast, Umbanda and Candomblé. Uh, what he sings is, you need a little bit of faith, you need Umbanda and Candomblé. The word faith in Portuguese is fé, so it really rhymes with Candomblé. And this song opens George Mountner's album of 1976. It's a very obscure song. I talked about George Mountner before uh, on this podcast. He was Brazuca Sounds number five. He was part of a group of musicians labeled Malditos, like the cursed uh, musicians. Uh, some singer-songwriters who never achieved success because they were heavily overshadowed by the big names. It's mostly also because they were very kind of uh, difficult, right? Very anarchic musicians. And this song is called Homenagem a Oxalá, Tribute to Oxalá. Oxalá is the primary entity in the Afro-Brazilian religion. He is the creator of all beings. Orishas, right, are not exactly saints. They are forces of nature, right? So they are always represented by the sea or the thunder, the forest, as opposed to saints who were actually people, right? Allegedly. So Oxalá represents everything. He's like the god slash Allah. Uh, anyway, this song is just great. Mautner using the backing vocals, another trademark from the Umbanda meetings as well, this clapping to dictate the rhythm of the song. This It is the Orisha of justice, the one who brings lightning and thunder, and that is why he's referred as Saint Peter in the Christian syncretism, right? As I said earlier, Umbanda is a very syncretic religion. So many of these Orishas, they're also referred as the Christian saints. 
and Shango, it is Sam Peter. He's a very popular in all the black Latin America, actually. Has a huge following also in Cuba, Dominican, Puerto Rico, the Santeria religious. Shango is a big, big Orisha in all those countries as well. Uh, and this singer here, this music, it is Hui Maurici. Like an absolute great album overall that is called Nem Ouro Nem Prata, which I actually spoke briefly during the episode about Brazilian record label Song Livre. It is the episode 19. So the, almost the entirety of this record, there are a lot of references to the Brazilian Orishas straightforward samba record as well with all those elements coming from samba right and by the way Mauriti the singer and performer here he was the brother of the pianist Antonio Adolfo, neither Antonio Adolfo or Rui Mariti, they were ever a big success in Brazil. This particular record here, like a top 10 hidden gems in the Brazilian music, although the majority of the music that I'm playing here are uh, obscure for many Brazilians living in Brazil, right? The average Brazilian that listen to the music Many of these songs are also absolutely great in the same proportion. And this next one here is actually one that everybody in Brazil, and if you like Brazilian music, should know. So the entirety of this record here should be in the Brazilian pantheon, right? It's 1968, so we're going a little bit back in time. The name of the record is Gente da Antiga, and it's actually a split-up record between three main singer and composers, Pixinguinha, João da Baiana, and Clementina de Jesus. Uh, Pixinguinha is one of the greatest Brazilian composers of popular music, particularly within the genre known as Choro, which is like a proto-samba in Brazil, a slower and more melancholic version of samba, but obviously Pixinguinha also made the transition into pure samba as well, uh, such as this song on the background. This is more like a samba than choro, actually. Pixinguinha was from the old guard, right? He was born in the 1890s. Uh, and he may be the greatest songwriter of Brazilian music, as I said. He was also a maestro, an arranger, a flautist, and a saxophonist. It is actually him playing the sax on this song here. The voice that we hear is from João da Baiana. Uh, João, he was also like a Brazilian samba singer. And he was also born in the end of the 
1890s, he's considered actually the pioneer on using the pandeiro uh, to play samba. Finally, we cannot listen to her on this particular song. Clementina de Jesus is also one of the female pioneers in samba, and I talked extensively about her life and music in the podcast about the history of samba. You should definitely check it out, that one. So, this album is really historic, right, for accommodating all these three people together. The record is called, again, Gente da Antiga, and I'm going to play a little bit more No more cada de comatu não é por tendedu não na cozinha muita gente sempre ganha geração batuque na cozinha tinha não quer por causa do batuque eu quem nem meu pé batuque na cozinha tinha não quer por causa do batuque eu quem nem meu pé então não bula na cumbuca não me espante o rato se o branco tem frio me que tira o lado This is a pure blend of Africa and Brazil. This is the Oruba language from Africa, from Nigeria region. Great, great samba tune. The most authentic Brazilian of all music genres. Uh, this song is from 81, performed by AGP, which is probably a name you never heard of uh, in the international circles that likes Brazilian music. AGP, mostly revered in the Brazilian samba circles locally but this record is just really great a lot of great musicians uh performing together with agp in here uh, the maestro uh, valtel branco for instance uh, the drummer is absolutely great wilson das neves and i've been trying to explain here brazil is a very mixed country right many many things they don't go black and white the name of the song, for instance, is Kyrie. This is actually from a liturgy in the Greek Orthodox Church. The expression Kyrie eleison, that means Lord have mercy. And how that exactly ended up in Brazilian culture it is because slaves used to refer as their slave owners as Kirie, like senhor, meaning sir. And over time, this was really included in the religions Candomblé and Umbanda, meaning just this, sir, a term of reference to the elderly in those Brazilian religions. The song is mostly a praying uh, for the Orisha Shango that I mentioned earlier, right? The God of Thunder. And, you know, if you are Brazilian, 
You probably know about AGP. He's a very easy guy to spot on his big mustache and like a prominent birthmark on his nose. Uh, and he was mostly attached to the romantic cheesy ballads later on in the 1980s. But his first albums, they are pure hidden gem also in the Brazilian culture. Unlike these other two guys here, Zadio, they were very famous there in the 1970s. And I'm talking about the duo Antonio Carlos e Jocafi. So the duo here, they have several hits in Brazil in the 1970s, right? Você Abusou, Desacato, Cabulere, so many others. And this song on the background is not one of those. <laughs> the name is Oxossi Rei. It is a song from their 1977 album, which is called Louvado Seja, Blast Be. Uh, Oxossi, the name of the song, it is the hunter, the forest protector, with his bow and arrow, and that's why in the Catholic religion he is uh, San Sebastian. The patron saint of the city of Rio de Janeiro, by the way, San Sebastian, and that is why January 20th, it is a holiday in Rio, and that's why also many people celebrate Oxossi, on that day. Uh, it is a samba with a funk break beat as well, very interesting. And this particular song has a very prominent atabaque, which is a tall wooden Afro-Brazilian hand drum. Uh, this instrument here, right, makes this baritone sound. is like a bongo on asteroids, more or less. And this is the subtlety of Brazilian music, right? This is a samba, but without using any instrument primarily associated to samba, but instead capoeira circles. Uh, and by the way, the climax of this song makes things even more grandiose and cinematic with a set of strings and orchestra, uh, as if this character of the song, he was like a main character of the Avatar movie. Yeah. 
And if I was talking about the atabaque instrument before, this is a group that used the hand drum as their main component, right? It is the vocal trio Us Tinko Us. Everything about them was about to put African culture on the spot in Brazil, especially uh, by Bahia's Candomblé tradition. The songs are all heavily focused on the Orishas, music, the visual, the manifesto, the album cover also says it all. It is all the three members of the group standing topless on the beach, uh, wearing white pants and this uh, colorful necklaces. Every color represents a different spiritual guide, like a different Orisha. And this particular song, uh, it is for Ogun, which is the warrior uh, with a big sword fighting the dragons. That's why he's mostly associated to Saint George, probably the Orisha figure more represented in Brazilian music, from Jorge Ben to Gilberto Gil. Almost everybody wrote a song about Ogun or St. George. I could actually make an entire podcast about only those songs referencing uh, St. George. But anyway, this entire record is devoted to a variety of different Orishas. Um, this song already on the background is a different song. It is about Yemanja that I mentioned in the beginning of this show, the goddess of sea. And this particular record, it is very rare and very expensive to find an original copy. It was never reissued. So last time I saw an original copy for this record was for sale for $350. That being said, we're gonna go on to the next song. Odoya is a term of salute uh, when you pray for Yemanja. Obviously, Brazil is mostly covered by the ocean, and that's why the Orisha of the sea is so important in the Brazilian culture, right? The Yemanja. Uh, this is Vando, uh, and the name of the song is Odoya, which he's repeating here all the time in the song. Uh, 
Fernando is a guy with a very interesting story, almost with two completely different careers, right? In the 1970s, he was like more samba, funk, soul. His three first albums are just phenomenal. But this is not the Vandal that the average Brazilian know. Starting in the 1980s, uh, he decided to become a romantic singer. He kind of sold out to the industry, right? To the mainstream, more or less. Uh, and I actually has a very funny anecdote about Vando, his transformation. This story was actually told by uh, Luis Wagner, his samba rock associate, also a musician, right? I mentioned Wagner many times in this podcast before. Vando was never, never successful in the 1970s. So one day, these two guys, they were at a bar in Rio, uh, counting pennies to pay the bill, right? He goes and says to Luis Wagner, Hey, bro, I'm gonna to sell more records than Roberto Carlos. I'm gonna become a romantic singer. And then Luis Wagner goes, Vando, you're a ugly as hell, man. Do you wanna convince me that you're gonna be the boy next door for the young girls? There's no way. And then Vando responds, like, wait and see, wait and see. The conclusion of the story it happened 10 years later. Vando invites his friend Luis Wagner again to visit him in Rio. Uh, Vando was living in a very fancy condo with a beautiful beach view premium location in Rio. He served Luis Wagner with champagne, lobster, gives him a key uh, to his convertible car so they can go for a ride in the neighborhood. And after all that, he goes and says to Luis Wagner, I told you, didn't I? I told you. <laughs> Vando was definitely not wrong. He became this gigantic sex symbol singing romantic ballads in Brazil during the 1980s and the 1990s. I have no idea how he did it, but he did. His music, though, not so good anymore. We're gonna finish it off with a guy who goes the opposite, right? Ronnie Vaughn, he was like a blue-eyed blondie, and all of a sudden he decided also sing to the Orishas. <laughs> As I said, right, Honey Vaughn is one of those superstars in the Brazilian Jovem Guarda movement, right? The rock and roll Brazilian music that had the leaders in Roberto Carlos and Erasmo Carlos. Honey Vaughn was probably the third wheel, and he made all his fortune and success playing this very easy rock and roll songs like the beginning of the Beatles, right? But then he decided to make his transition into music in the 1970s 
and he became way more psychedelic, a lot of mushroom-influenced type of music, heavy guitars, feedback, all those things mostly associated with the psychedelic music in the US. He was also trying to do that in Brazil. You can hear on the background, this song is very psychedelic. The song is Cavaleiro de Aruanda, like the horseback rider of Aruanda. Aruanda is the paradise for the Afro-Brazilian's religions, more or less. So he's not really talking about a particular Orisha, but the whole concept of it all. But it is very funny story as well, because the song was actually wrote by an Argentinian man called Tony Osana, and had no idea whatsoever what Umbanda was. This guy was also a guitar player. He used to play for many Brazilian artists at a time, Caetano Veloso, among many others. Uh, and this, this guy actually said he wrote this song in February 1972 after an unexpected encounter with some kind of like palm reader, sorcerer. So he went home and he said the song was psychographed for him, uh, meaning... Uh, it was written by this supposed uh, supernatural entity. Anyway, regardless of the veracity of who wrote uh, the song, he actually made quite a success in Brazil in the 1970s. And it was covered uh, afterwards by many other artists in Brazil. <laughs> This is a very different vibe from all the other songs I played here so far. To finish it off, this podcast on a great style. And for Ronnie Vaughn, the performer of the song, today is a very prominent evangelical leader uh, in Brazil. So it could not be a more different path, actually. The evangelicals and the Umbanda followers in Brazil. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you enjoy. Don't forget to follow a playlist on Spotify where I'm going to upload all these 10 songs that I just played and explain a little bit of the background. Summer is almost over. Enjoy as much as you can. Bye-bye. See you. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time.